Alright, welcome back once again to Unedited Portland, home of my friends, and today, special guest, and you Portlanders and those outside alike may recognize as Mr. Foreman, but today, it's Aaron Ross. That's right. Of the Ed Foreman Show. And of videos and comedy of all sorts, right? Yes. Yes. Writer. Yes. Creator of wonderful titled books about drug rehab and and musical tones and uh, everything, you know, surrounding comedy, basically. And recently returned from Los Angeles. That's right. And now doing uh, your Ed Foreman show at Al's Den. Yes. Um, formerly Ringler's Annex. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a... Uh, kind of a dual name now. <laughs> Ringler's Annex, uh, Al's it's Den. It's got a, a, so many names. It's like a, we've, uh, a McMinimins that's been through a, a ton of marriages and had to hyphenate right. over and over and over. It's I always have to say we're at uh, Al's Den inside McMinimins Crystal Hotel next to the Crystal Ballroom. Which is part of the annex, which is from Ringler's, which is, yeah, that's the whole spiel. And, and nearby Powell's Bookstore. And nearby Powell's Bookstore in downtown Portland, 12th and Birdside. It's not as easy as it used to be just to say Dante's, where everyone knew, you know. Exactly which I one. I was wondering how long the reggae was going to be behind us. Oh, you know, I just like uh, to kind of intrigue the, the listeners. But then I also realized that we were here live today at the Someday Lounge yes. in downtown Portland. Yes. Forgot to mention that. Yeah, you didn't have to hyphenate that one very much <laughs> exactly although uh, viva la arte is like this slogan they use a lot and now no, don't confuse let's yeah. not confuse okay that. the someday lounge someday lounge so there's already kind of a soundtrack to our podcast in the background so yeah kick ass it's a little 80s kind of early 80s just rock just rock, man you know so reggae just rock and roll i like it all i'm i'm down all right <laughs> well so i like the behind like it playing behind the interview though. it's kind of bizarre it's like <laughs> But well, when you don't have to actually put more on, although if you just surprised me randomly through the interview and then just just played like a ludicrous song behind us, yeah, exactly, so about and dropping bows and it just sort of was behind us, like or, or go, go into a live read suddenly, and I'm just like Coca Cola, so Coca Cola people, it's great for Thanksgiving, Coca Cola. That's I'm I'm down. Although I wouldn't support Coca Cola, probably I'd probably select one of the local, you know. Yeah, that's not a very Portland thing to, to say. That was a very Hillsboro or Beaverton thing to say. Right. Beaverton loves love Coca-Cola. Coke. They it's love true. it. I mean, they literally have a Coke machine on every corner. They Beaverton. do. It's it they sponsors the city. It's like a Happy Panda and a Coca-Cola machine on every corner. Every every corner. And the and, mayor, a, and a burrito truck. And I think the mayor dictated that at some point. There was a Yeah, mayor's been on our show, uh, the Ed Foreman show, oh man, I think like five times, which is kind of baffling. Wow. I always, I always wonder why. People ask why, and I say I don't. Other than I, I know why I would want the mayor of Beaverton, but why would he come and hang out with Ed Foreman? I just think uh, a good for a good time. I mean, he has what two choices? He could either go on, he could go on to Wallaton Valley, uh, right? He go on public access, television. like with some like old lady, or he right. could come and you know have a couple. Now he doesn't. He doesn't. I don't think he drinks during the show, but I know that the mayor of Tualatin has definitely thrown down on a series. <laughs> and in fact, the last time we had those guys on in a show a year ago in Tualatin. Where the mayor of Tualatin brought the mayor of Beaverton Sherwood, Forest Grove, and Tiger. That's how big. That's how big time I am. 
No, that's that's really the big. The five bosses, <coughs> the five suburban bosses. And and I we all took shots except for uh, I think the Beaverton mayor gave me his, and the Forest Grove mayor was really old. He might have died after. So I uh, I'm in like I mentioned pre-podcast that I'm in the political science department at yeah. Portland State University yeah. seeking a grad. Yeah, oh yeah, right. No, I didn't know. That. I went to I graduated from from Portland yeah. State. You're a Viking as well. I am. Yeah, yeah. Alum and um. Yeah, so I'm pretty proud of you. You marry kind of two of my favorite things, which are comedy and politics, and you bring uh, local, famous, quote unquote, politicians yeah, yeah, onto your yeah, show. Yeah. And I've always appreciated that. And oh, I thanks. like it's uh, similar to Stephen Colbert's Know Your District. You have the, the you know Ed what? Foreman Meet Your Mayor. We had the Meet the Mayor tour, and I've done. I've interviewed, I think fifteen. I think fifteen mayors, and uh, and I saw. I remember the Meet the the the, the yeah the Meet wh- the rapper. What was it called? What meet the it? the district. Know your district. Know your district. Yeah, I think those people are really interesting because you know they're. It's interesting to represent a city. Can you imagine? Like I can't imagine. Right. I, like an entire, even if it's well, a small city. And it's not even really for them. It's not even really a city. It's it's a political region. Based on equal population, Wait, so oh, the district thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't. They're, they're what? They're, they're representatives. House, they're right. Yeah, that's and what so his thing I think, was. Yeah. I think we have somewhere around like seven, five or seven, something like that. I think, we, I think we have. S- I think we have seven. Yeah, and so there's seven districts. So you think about divide Oregon into seven. It, it's a weird premise, and then yeah. you have to make them equal population and all this stuff. So yeah, they right. represent a, and every ten years it's it's adjusted due to the census. So. Right. Yeah, they have an interesting job. I mean, the the people they represent can can change, and then, you know, they either have to change with that or be unelected. You know, someone else gets elected instead of them during re-election. So, I guess you really can't be unelected, but I like using non-words. Anyway, so I, I think I lost you as you started to explain all that. <sighs> but you're a political yeah. science major. Yeah, so okay. So we, we'll it's your show, so enough, I figured en- you could. I'd like enough inside baseball. Um, let's go. Good, that's good. Let's good. let's go back to being Aaron Ross. Yeah. In Portland, comedian yes. writer. Yes. Um, are you originally from Portland? I am. Yes. Really? Yes. And what what part of Portland do you consider? South, Southwest Portland. Southwest. This is the really cool. Okay, more towards Raleigh Hills. Um, yeah, I grew up. Um, I grew. Uh, well, I was, all right. So I went to Capitol Hill Elementary School. Shout out to Capitol Hill Elementary School. I to, uh, yeah, I went to uh, Jackson Middle School, formerly Markham High School, and then I went to Wilson High School. And then to Portland State. So my my life Wilson, radius. Okay, you were at Wilson. W- Wilson High for sure. And so my my education radius was like three miles. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I I lived up that way. I mean, people don't. Um, whoever listens to your podcast, they probably I don't know if they live in Southwest. I'd be stoked if they. A lot of people don't know it. It's not on a, it's not a grid. People disregard it. They think it's the suburbs. I literally would live at something to the equivalent of like 18th Street. Okay. You know what I mean? Like if you're on the east side. Where I came from was like 18th Street, but people would consider it the suburbs because it's not on a grid and there are a lot more trees and 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 mm. it's okay. Uh, but that's but it's it to me it's still mm-hmm. very Portland and um, it's yeah that's where I'm, I'm rambling. No, no, you're fine. No, that's so that's um, yeah, the Southwest area which I'm familiar. So you're just before uh, the Raleigh Hills area. You're kind of in what's considered yeah, before Hills, uh, Hillsdale. Hill. Yeah, like that's that's where that's where Wilson uh, was Hillsdale, and then uh, and I grew up. Uh, you know, near Barber Boulevard yeah. for all those for yeah. all those who know that. No, yeah, the, yeah. the hardcore Portland. The hardcore Portland. You know the Fans? the yeah. the old Burger King that had the carousel. We used to go to that <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> but I've lived. I've also lived. Um, I lived downtown last year. I'm actually moving into a place downtown tomorrow, which I'm pretty stoked about. Okay. Uh, I lived uh, in Southeast for a couple of years. Um, 
off Clinton. Oh, before nice. Before Clinton was super cool. Right. Like, I lived there. Pre, bef- pre-nightlight? Like, you're thinking. Like, as the, so I lived there as they put in the new seasons and the nightlight. Okay, totally. And I. I lived off of Division and Tent at that there time. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there were, you know, it was just like a spot then. And it's now the, it's like. Yeah. It's as hip as could be. The Hosford Abernathy neighborhood. I Is that what they call it? I, I, I believe, yeah. No, uh, I just call it the fixed gear bicycle mustache neighborhood. Yeah, I think they're gonna re. I you think know, they're gonna re. The name. Yeah, yeah, but um, reissue the name. So over that. there, and then I, I lived over by Lewis and Clark also for a while, and and so I've I've, I've dipped you know in, into different oh. zones. I haven't done touched all parts of Portland. Yeah, I haven't done I haven't done North Portland as far as living yet. Um, but I move into uh, 19th and Burn uh and West Burn tomorrow, so I'm pretty stoked. Oh, that's cool. Okay, kind of. Pr- Kind of close downtown, kind of close 23rd. Yeah, I mean, I still consider it down. It's, it's a great ne- right next to Jeldwin Field. So to me, oh, to me I go. still think it's downtown. I nice. guess I don't know if that's technically not. I, I guess technically in the district center. We've been very technical today <laughs> with a, politics a, and districts. It's, and, a, it's and a technical podcast. They're, it's they're listed like, under comedy, fu- but yeah, really this it's fucking for, guy, yeah, this, for math heads. This fucking guy, yeah, that's right. For car- car- What is it? Cartography, right? Cartography, yeah. yeah. What What is the geo, like... Uh, location of of that. What's the latitude and longitude like? Of of yeah, of not yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jeldwin Field, uh, close in. It's uh, forty fifth, parallel, and uh, and, and, and like thirty nine. I want to say like, this guy is a fucking comedian. This guy is just. I mean, if he was a cab driver, I would probably get in. He knows yeah. where he's going, but that's, otherwise, that's good. Oh, cabbies, that's that's a whole nother thing. You know what? That, that reminds me. So you know, as you think when you do comedy, you know, you think like, oh, I got to come on. You know, be funny and, and, and stuff. But, you know, what? that's why people every day, like before you get on, like I'll, I'll be at Al's Den, I'll be in the bar, and someone will point out, you know, it's like an hour before and I'm getting drinks and I'm getting stuff together. And your head, before you go on stage, you get your whole performance. You know, I've got two hours that I do with the Ed Foreman show yeah. you know, three times a week. You know, my head's like a totally another place. It's like, do I, can I remember the monologue I wrote, you know, this afternoon? Am I going to nail this character? Are my props going to be set? You know, like, et cetera, et cetera. Is everything going to line up? And ultimately, someone always like will go, "Hey, there's the the comedian. He's doing a show tonight." And then the person will go, "Say something funny. Tell me, tell me a fucking joke. Tell me a joke." Which is it's always the worst. I think th- I got asked that on Saturday, and I had the best answer I ever had. Immediately, the guy he guy said, "Tell me a joke, man." I said, "Fuck you." <laughs> and he said, "That was good, man. That, that was, was good." good. You, you should just go into uh, the the Gilbert Godfrey aristocrats bit. Uh, I uh, I don't <laughs> have like, I don't have the I don't even like, have the patience to <laughs> even to do it. I mean, God bless someone who can do that. But you, you know, I, I don't oh. know if anyone's aware of that joke, but oh, it's, please it's, don't. It's the most awful. I won't do it. No, thank God. But I'm saying it's the most awful joke ever, and it, it just it's the one that I just assume can can put anybody off unless they're really into it, and then you've really screwed up. Well, you want them to think you're funny. It's not like I. It's not like when someone asks, it's like I don't want to be. It's just like it's like a, a musician. No one goes like if someone goes like bust me a oh, riff, bro. Sing a song for me, bro. It's like <laughs> are you fucking kidding? Yeah, exactly. No, I, I know what you mean. I mean, go to a rocket scientist and be like, design me a rocket, bitch. I did do that, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he did. And he Because I said bitch at the end of it. It is true. That's yeah. how I usually address just most rocket scientists. Why don't you just say, build me a rocket, bitch. That and, uh, you know, I just threaten Wedgie, and they just go right. back straight to high school in their mind and all the Wedgies they got prior to their rocket science right, tree. Right, right. So, yeah, you just, yeah. You can get, basically what I'm saying is you can get uh, rocket scientists to do what you want. Just by being a bully. You can, yeah. It's good that the world still works like that. It is true. You, know, you, you can push them around. Um, so you're from Portland, so that's yeah. cool. That kinda yes, yes, yes. That kind of slows down the amount of need to place you in the city. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely placed it. You're, I'm not going to go back you're, over you're, the... Your the parents took care of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is home. This is home. 
So um, let's kind of get an idea of uh, what started in you to get the idea to, to write comedy. Like, were you like me and you watched Saturday Night Live? Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, I think we all were. I, I grew up, I watched Saturday Night Live, and I just said, I want to do that. That's did, what I want to do. Did you find yourself in middle school and kind of early high school uh, thinking in terms of bits and skits? Uh, yeah, I never I never had the, the gusto to formulate. I was just, my uh, ambition ended as soon as I got attention, it was just I wanted attention in class. It was just loud, fuck around. Right. You know, maybe like when you're out with your boys late, you hit someone's mailbox with a baseball bat, which that I'm pretty sure the statutes of limitation is up now. That's why I can say all these things. I think that's a Gilbert Gottfried joke as well. Yeah, right? I think it is. He's got the, the, the mailbox uh, baseball joke. But yeah, I, I I never did it until I got into college. Like So I, I regretted it uh, looking back, thinking, gosh, I wish I had had a little more ambition. But then again, when you're a kid, all you do is you want to be entertained. You want attention. You don't want to be necessarily an artist or constructive. So I, there's no real shame as a kid of not being, I didn't have to be a comedic virtuoso. Right. To which I think would kind of suck anyways. You know, like if everyone was laughing at your jokes at 12, like you would never get past that. You know? Right. Unle- unless, unless you're like Dane Cook, because he's always referencing how, you know, growing up with sisters and his mom, he just told jokes. And so he thinks he was... Pretty, I will tell you. Pretty damn funny at 12. I will tell you. Not to, like, hate on Dane Cook. Like, I don't care. All comedians, to me, have their I place. actually saw him in Hollywood, and he was he was really funny. Uh, and he was, like, really humbled, I think, by his re- pre- uh, re- uh, recent experience. But but, but aside from him and, and having just said that and lost all credibility by calling him funny, uh, <laughs> my dad said when I was growing up, I, this will make perfect sense. You'll get why I am the way I am. My, my father said I couldn't tell jokes till I was 18 around the family. No jokes till you were 18. And I would try it. Like, you know, I would say, like, oh, I saw this funny thing on TV or I'd try to recreate. And you go, eh, 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 no, it's 18. Because it was, like, it sounds insane and mean at, the, at now. Yeah. And I always thought it was, like, I never thought it was that terrible. When I tell friends now, they're, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry for you. But he meant, he, it was, like, in jest, but he meant it. And the point was, you, I'm not going to get what your, your jokes Well, let's be honest. Like, right. if a little kid comes up to you and he tells you, like, the only way he gets away with the joke being funny is if, because it's if it's so bad and nonsensical. Yeah. Well, and I I screwed up because at like seven or eight, I had all those street joke coloring books. Oh, so well, see, if you knew, if you were good at street jokes, I mean, yeah. But even when a kid does them, they're never good for a parent. Like no yeah. parents like they're only good when he like just totally obliterates it, or because his energy's so good when he's like you know like knock knock, and you say like who's there, and he's like buggers, and you're like oh, oh. that's pretty funny because you're so insane right now right but uh yeah I, uh i couldn't tell jokes so now i do it uh, for a living um take that dad that reminds me of uh, a comedian who said uh when kanye west called out george bush for not liking black people he should have done it in a funnier way like a knock knock like <laughs> knock knock who's there george bush george bush who george bush hates black people that's fun that's fun no, see if a kid. Can you imagine a kid telling you that joke? <laughs> I would be on the floor if a kid had somehow either the gusto to come up with that on his own, or he just he heard it from somebody, right? From Kanye West. But that would that would that would kill. Like a nine-year-old says yeah. that joke Yo, to Talib you. Yo, Talib Kweli, get over here! I got a joke for you. That's <laughs> a great. That's a great childhood. Uh, uh, Kanye, Kanye West. Yeah. He would. He he. He really loves Talib Kweli uh, uh, earlier on. Now he's so big, I bet he can't even he can't spell Kweli. I hate Kanye West. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I hope to get him on the show one day. No, yeah, I, good. I, oh, no. Uh, well, I, would, I would love to, but I mean, could you imagine? I mean, he, he's so arrogant. There's a celebrity crossroads, you know. 
So mm, as we mean? rise, other celebrities that have already been there fall, and eventually you'll cross yeah, all how, celebrities. How long do you? Yeah, is that true? I think it, I think there's about an eight-year uh, span before we're at oh Kanye's no. level, either because of his you're straight downfall so or optimistic. Our, our rocket to success. Oh God, I have to. Your attitude for finding <laughs> guests is so great. I have to have that attitude. <laughs> which way am I going? Coming on your show? Am I coming down or up? Which way? Are well, you have to I be going up because I'm on I? the way up and I'm having you on. No, we can't. I thought we have to cross. Well, no, you can, be, you can be lateral, but I'm oh. saying those that are above us eventually oh. will come to our level or we'll come up to meet them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, like, I didn't think I could date Soul Moon Fry when she was Punky Brewster. Right. But about five years ago, I probably had a shot at dating Soul Moon Fry. Yeah, when she was getting, like, tag-teamed in that porn film called... Oh, I really wouldn't want to... Before that, probably. No, that's why I'm down more down now. The <laughs> moon... <laughs> moon her fry. Yeah. Yeah, soul. She had a couple fries in that moon... <laughs> Thing. That was a, a gangbang joke. That's so disgusting. speaking of fries, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like potato and French fry food carts in Portland. Oh yeah. Um, they're the devil. Yeah, yeah. and and in food carts in general, like uh, day like today, it's pouring mm. down rain. Oh, what do you think that does to the idea of this to food the food cart economy? Yeah, well, it's got to kill it, right? I mean, it's kind of a, a bad idea here. Yeah. Like Southern California, it makes a lot more sense. You get a good 300 well, days but, of but, food But cartage. there's so many places in SoCal where people aren't. See, the, the reason food carts work here is people like staying local in their spots. And they bike and they stay in their, in their zones. You know, in L.A., a lot of people are moving, you know, from, you know, going 30 miles to work, which takes two hours. But uh, uh, food carts, aside from downtown, don't seem to make a lot of sense. And let's be honest, they're probably just sort of kitschy and they don't work. Right. I mean, restaurants are hard enough to do and they have roofs. So a lot of times they think like boutique shopping uh, things that you see in like different like Mississippi where it's like a woman and her like friends line and they're selling them and no one's ever in the store. Yeah. They always kind of like wonder. They always attribute that to like the spouse of like a power corporate lawyer who I always needed think something front, to get up. Sure. So is is the food cart the male version of that? Like are they like a senator's husband and senator whatever is off making all this money and they're like, hey, why don't you buy me a food cart? It doesn't really matter if it makes money. It just gets them out of the house. Yeah, I think it's a good... Yeah, but the the people that run them, though, are so typically your Portland, yeah. you know, artists. Like, it's like it's almost like, oh, well, you know, playing the guitar didn't work. I guess I'll sell, you know, burritos with artisan <laughs> cheese and all of And if that doesn't work, I can always be a barista. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the pecking order. It's like at the top is musician, and then it's uh, food cart food employee, cart. and then it's barista. barista. And then and gas then station employee. Uh, yeah, no, I think... Uh, new seasons be is below that. I think you can get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, new seasons! Yeah. Gosh, that if you think if we elected Eileen Brady for mayor, she would have given us like discounts at new seasons. I think I yeah. I was talking to um, I can't remember which politician the other day about that. I don't know if it was Amanda Fritz was on the show, city councilwoman. Yeah, right? who reelected against? Yeah, uh, she's a Mary friend. Nolan. She's a, and she she actually she had kids go to Wilson, so she was not. I didn't know her as I was growing up, but. I mean, was as uh, I had people that that knew her. We became friendly, and and she's been on the show. She was actually my very first guest. Uh, really, five years ago. Yeah, I, she's my very first. I guest. saw her at the Star Theater episode you had her on just prior. Oh to yeah, with Box Wine Chat. We yeah. talked about that yesterday. I saw her yesterday at Working Kirk's uh, Memorial. Uh, great. Oh, uh, 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 yeah, Box Wine Chat. That was awful too. From the looks of it, it looked like that was really bad wine. I mean, it's you know, it's wine in a box. It's as good as good as it could be. But she 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 was a good sport to play along. I I saw the video after she cringed a few times because we put straws in them. Yeah. We, so it's box wine that's uh, sipping out of a straw. That's awful. Uh, what, were we, what were we talking about, Aline Brady? Uh, I th- you know uh, I would have hoped if she was mayor that there would be some sort of hookup or discount yeah new seasons and you know maybe like 
you know, free uh, earth-saving, eco-saving, reusable bags, you know, that, you know, something like that. She, she, well, that's New Seasons, right? She's New Seasons? Yeah. I, do, I lived behind the New Seasons on Division. On the Clint, so the Clinton house that I was in was behind that. Oh, okay. I used to I used to dumpster dive there all the time. So that's wow, pretty Portland. That's pretty Portland. Yeah. Um, they do you think if she had been elected, we would have been calling her cabinet the Brady Bunch? Mm, I do like what you just did there. Uh, yeah, sure. I think we would have. I'm sure the Mercury would have. Right, exactly. They're, they they're on it. They're always on it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of being on it, um, you're on stage at Al's Den. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you you were on stage at Dante's, and you've been on stage at Star Theater, yeah. Tiger Bar. Yeah, yeah. What's been uh, the most memorable experience for you hosting this show at all these different venues? Oh, hosting the Ed Foreman show? Um, the most memorable. Star Theater shows were always so grand. You know, like, we did Dante's every Tuesday for four years. I'm now doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday at Al's Den. Uh, it's smaller, which is more consistent. Dante's was the first thing, and it was dirty and it's Dante's and it's wild some of the star theater shows we got pretty big and just right off the top we tattooed we had a spring break episode this year when I came back from LA we tattooed a guy I tattooed a guy so this guy got this fan of mine got my logo on his on his shin okay and then asked me to write Ed Foreman was here and I tattooed the guy live on stage I've never tattooed anyone I did a terrible job I'm sure it was ridiculously painful for the guy. I thought that was pretty wild. That is pretty wild. Now, my question that would follow that, because I think it would be a funny answer, I'm just kind of expecting, do you have any tattoos? I don't. That's why it was so <laughs> terrible for that guy, because I don't know how painful it is. I'm, I will probably will never get a tattoo. Yeah. Um, I'm in that same boat. I mean, we're, we're kind of... Uh, different from Portland for that reason. Yeah, I mean, I have. Yeah, I'm, I'm white bread in in my lack of tattoos and piercings. Um, yeah, I make up for it in you know cowboy shirts and and uh, dumpster diving, obviously. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I've never have, so it must have been awful for that guy. Well, God awful. Living off of Clinton Street, that you know that Portlands you up. Yeah, I got the, I got pretty Portland, but when I lived over there, man, I had like hair down to my shoulders. I've seen the pictures, handlebar mustache. Wow. I, that's when I started wearing like how I got. Were really you only dirty. looking at vans as an optional car? I was looking at only at vans as an option to live in. I mean, I was so odd and sad. It was like the end of college, and, and Portland College is like not four years. So I didn't get a master's in six. So the last two years was basically, you know, in Portland you go to college is because you don't want to wor- have a job. And yeah, they'll keep yeah. giving you money, and I did that. And I was just, God, it was on such a different plane. Because I, you know, I will say this. For growing up in southwest Portland, you do grow up much more straight-laced. You know, you grow up with your, like, backwards hat. I'm, I won't lie as much as I make fun of it on my show. I had it, you know, I, 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 does that make me a bro then? I don't know. I don't but know. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure, I mean, if, you know, call me it. I don't, we all, we all come from somewhere. So it's weird to, like, sort of go against that grain and just become sort of a dirty Southeast Portland, but it's good. I can say that I have the p- I have p- photos to prove that I did it. You did it, right? Yeah, so well, and you rose out of that. You know, you. I came out of it, and I started get you know getting you know uh, five bucks and quarters a uh, ham sandwich and two whiskeys from Dante's every every week. So I I felt you know I I had risen up and yeah accomplished. Yeah. Now, at what point did? Because I know you have writers on the show. You have other people that. that That's work a with lie. <laughs> I do it all myself. And uh, and that uh, when. How did that form? How did you get the people together to produce the show? Did you just do it on your own? What what created yeah, it's, the Edsporman show? Uh, um, what created it? Because uh, that was what circa two thousand six. Uh, the show I came up with the character in 
Uh, oh my god, I can't even remember anymore. I came up with a character, I think, in 2007. The show started in 08, uh, at the very, in January of 08. So we'll be hitting our fifth year doing the Ed Foreman show. It started, you know, it started as just a lark. Like, I, actually, it was the, the way it started was there was this, 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 this gentleman I met at an open mic, and I had gone on tour doing just a bunch of characters, and Ed Foreman was one. He, I did this 10 minute bit. Ed Foreman is a uh, uh, motivational speaker, author of the book, I'll Make You Better Because I'm Better Than You, children's book, Poop or You'll Die, <laughs> and, you know, gruff and all this stuff, and a total boozer, and, you know, he uses his name in, in words. So it's education, edspiration, <laughs> entertainment, and. Uh, I had this self-absorbed motivational speaker, and I had done it at uh, the Boiler Room at the open mic, and it went well. And I was doing it at, at open mics uh, where I had mostly come from an improv sketch, th- a theater background, more like theater spots. Okay. And uh, I ran into this guy. His name was Bobby Mickey. He was a stand-up from Oakland, and he loved it. And he said, I'm going to be back here in a couple months. I'd like to collaborate. I said, that'd be great. And I was really open to, like, I wanted to just do as much as I could at that point, whether it was my characters or sketch or improv or anything. You know, I wanted to do it. I wanted to just, and I had I'd committed, this was my job. This was my career. This is where I was going. And uh, we talked over the phone a few times, and I said, well, you know, you're going to come back. We're not going to get any rehearsal for something. So I, I know you don't, imp- you're not from improv background. You know, writing a sketch show is hard. We're not going to rehearse. I said, I've always wanted to do a, a late night talk show. How about this? We put the Ed Foreman character you've seen. We make him a host of a show. You get that Ollie G sort of Colbert vibe, the kind of shitty, you know, bad questioned host. And it's character, and I love doing character work. I said, you just be the coach. You're a funny guy. All you got to do is just be the buddy of this guy, of Ed Foreman. And, and I'll write everything, and we'll, we'll have this, this show. And, and then all you got to do is come in and just, just be my, my guy I talk to, you know. And, uh, and, it was, and we did it once just for, for kicks, and it was a success. Um, enough so that we dug that vibe and we dug each other. That him and I then went on the road two months later for five weeks, and we went down through California, out to the Southwest, out through the Midwest, through Oklahoma and and and, and, and Nebraska, and all these fun, fun places where all the great places you go and do comedy at. Yeah. And um, when I came back from that, we interviewed Sam Adams on the show. We we at this point only done four shows in Portland. We'd done twenty five total. We it was only four months into doing a show. You know, it all sort of come fast. And it was all I had really done in these four months. Right. And after the Sam Adams show, it was like, well, what do we do now? Like, what do we do? You know, do we, what, what do we do? What am I investing all this time in? We didn't really know other. We just liked doing it. Right. I just loved the vibe of being a late night talk show, doing these characters. And so um, I ended up uh, getting in touch with Frank from Dante's, the, the owner of Dante's. And it was crazy because I had hit up uh, Jen Lane of Barfly Magazine and said, I would like to do a strip club. That was one of our solutions. What do we do now? Now Ed Foreman should be in a strip club, not just bars not just theaters let's go to the where he really would fit in which ultimately later kind of worked as hosting sinferno and being at dante's yeah and i said jen i know you you do these these strip club events would you would you host my show there he said i don't have time but i know that tuesday just opened up at dante's uh i know that's a long-winded story but that that was the reason really i'm where i'm at now is because off that random opportunity, right? No, and it grew, and it grew from a relationship with another funny person, and the kind of yeah, it was just it was just the back and forth. And then we had Tuesdays at Dante's, and did that for four years. And then I went to Los Angeles, and then and then and then just coming home just to kind of work the summer, and then go back to LA. I played this McMinniman spot. Right. And we did it seven days in a row, which was a crazy experience to do seven new shows in a row. Right. Um, in August, and then they said, "Hey, we'd like you to take our our late night weekends." And, you know, when someone says, you know, especially in the place you love, Portland, where we, you're from, yeah. they say you can do as your performer, make your living three nights a week. And not just like Tuesdays, you know, God bless Tuesdays, but like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right. And it was too good. It was too good to pass out. So I'm in the midst of that now. That's 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 so, the whole thing. Right. So then now. So now Ed Foreman is at 
at the uh, the Owl's Den, and and that's going well now. The L.A. thing got put on hold. Yeah, it got put on hold. I mean, L.A. forever. You know, uh, is it, when you were a performer, I felt I'd hit the ceiling here, and you know, there's little more you could do. But you, I did four years of Tuesdays, you know, and it was like you gotten every guest you thought you could really get. Right. You know, you were getting good crowds. It's like you're only going to get marginally bigger here, and it was just time to cut the cord. You know, I'd hit, I'd hit. It was going to be thirty, and I said, you know, time to do it. And so, uh, split down there and hit all the the speed bumps you can hit, and all the walls, and all the tough stuff, and learned a lot of great lessons, and got to be a better performer. Had some good option opportunities, and and then and then, uh, like I said, this thing came back. It's it's an on hold. It's for this year, but you know, you just you never you never know. Like when where the work is, is where I'll go. And and L.A. for me was just I'd like to pursue it to the the biggest possible. Get right. a television show, do film work, do television. <laughs> I mean, if you were growing up in Boston, that might be New York uh, or totally, Chicago. It's totally. To, out here on the West Coast, it's L.A. It's West Coast, L.A. is right there. I do know that, that, you know, obviously for someone who wants to do television and film, that's where it's at. So, it, you know, yeah. went there. I mean, you know, L.A. doesn't hold, hold a candle to Portland. You know, I <laughs> as mean. As far as style and Everything, just livability, everything about it. But, you know, you want to. I mean, you know, it's a media city. For the a clock's ticking, man. I'm yeah. 30 years old. You know what I mean? I gotta <laughs> get to it, baby. I'm also 30, man. Yeah, so you know. know I mean, fully know what you mean, man. By 40, I, I'll be, in, you know, I won't be fertile anymore, and that's it. <laughs> that's it, man. But uh, yeah, and I, you did briefly mention that you you host Inferno. Um, I kind of think of that like really represents Portland. Just I the think obscureness so. yeah, I think so. of it. The obvious kind of twenty-one plus debaucheriness of yeah, it. Yeah, man. I mean, for those who don't know, Stress Inferno is just is just strippers, contortionists, fire dancers, magic, just everything under the sun. As far as like sort of a se- it's sort of a sex circus. Yeah. Sort of what Circus Soleil, if it was cheaper and you could actually get laid at it, it's supposed <laughs> to be sort of terrified. Would be and um, was that a fun experience doing the the character Ed Foreman as the host of that? I'll tell you, Sinferno really puts hair on your nuts. You know, someone whose nuts have alopecia. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, it was. People are mad. I mean, they're they're three hundred people in that place. They're wasted. You know, they don't give a shit. They want to see naked ladies. But I, you know, Ed was built for it. A take charge, loud mouth, blowhard. Um, that's overly sexual and drunk. You know, it's like. People, it was different for them at first. People would be like, "What the fuck's this wigged, you know, polyester guy?" But yeah, you know, always got them, and it, and it definitely that was you, you're doing three and a half hours up there. Yeah, so and you're up every five minutes. Exactly, that's a true test. Anyone who can can master it is that like thing. A, uh, that's like a three ring circus. It I mean. is a truly a truly a three cock ring circus. <laughs> so with flames, formally. Yes, yes. Well, unfortunately, yeah, three cock. You know, you gotta. Get some cream for those flames, for those the flames. burn. But yeah, yeah, that, that is a Sinferno's uh, Sinferno's wild. Well, man, um, that kind of that's kind of what we do here. We we kind of talk about where you're from. We talk about that's awesome. Involved I, in the city. Um, thank you. I was gonna to bring on uh, the fastest growing in popularity game. Oh yeah. Uh, questions with Mikkel. Yeah, I'm we gotta Mikkel. get it. We gotta get another name for it, though, right? Can Q- we brainstorm? QWM, baby. This is this is QWM. Yes. Uh, now I feel bad. I just. <laughs> oh, you can dog on it, man. We can no, put QWM hashtag Ed Foreman slash Aaron Ross hates that shit. With Mikkel- no, it's a really long hashtag. It's probably yeah. Too we long. don't. We no. No one's gonna look up hashtag Aaron hates that shit. <laughs> Mikkel's moments. I just. I'm a, Moment, I'm a big fan. Yeah. I'm a big fan of alliterations. I'll, I'll think about it. Anyways, I, I, I guess we'll just I, edit you know, out this it, part where I questioned you. Well, that it's unedited, so we won't be doing uh, that. Just do it. <laughs> um, I don't know if I know how. Maybe that's why I made the mm, show unedited. Good thinking. <laughs> um, but uh, 
Yeah, no, I, I, I guess it was probably a poor joke. I mean, you're a better maybe uh, barometer of comedy than uh, I am. I don't know. <laughs> this interview may not show it, but we'll. But I, uh, I, I thought it was funny that it's so plain that it's called. All right. Well, that's how well, about well, just how about call it, then how about call it plain ass questions. Plain ass questions with, with Mikkel, who can't think of a better title. Do you know what the name of my original podcast was? What was that? It was the Unnameable Podcast. That's not. That's a good name. Well, we've spent, we've spent the entire first podcast without a name, and then the second time we were like, well, we forgot to name it, so it was the unnameable podcast. I like that. So I like that. And I, like that. I don't know. There's there's some inside baseball, but that's why this is unedited Portland, because UP, UP, I kind of kept the... Uh, I wanted to carry over the vibe of that one over here. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. In initials, it was, a, it was a shout out to the unnameable. There you go, inside baseball. Word. Back to yeah, fastest growing popularity game, man. I don't, yeah, man. I can't rename it. It's no, already no, the fastest, no, it's growing, fast, fastest growing popularity. popularity. Yeah, that was my fault. That was my fault. I mean, oh, there's six people probably like it now. Three liked it last week. That's well, a yeah, doubling it, right, right, the amount of people it, that like it. And it to go back to zero with a new name was, is confusing for oh, those six God, people. I can't start out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. I'm um, sorry. Yeah, I also listen to a local podcast called. Uh, John reads the newspaper and he starts it out with how many people on Facebook like the show and they can't be wrong. It's like 129 people can't be wrong. Oh, that's awesome. And mine's like 31, so I don't even bring oh, that we'll up. Oh, we'll plug. We'll give it to the. We'll give you the old. The old Ed, Ed Foreman, Foreman bump. We we'll call it the hump. But yeah, I'm <laughs> the Ed Foreman the old hump. Foreman hump. You know, I'm I'm an open guy. I'm willing. Let's do this. Cool, man. Let's do I'm, this. I'm in. All right. So questions with McQuell. Quell. McQuell. There we go. Questions with McQuell. I don't even know my own name. It's <laughs> your show, man. You <laughs> can be whatever. You could be the artist formerly known as McQuell. McQuell. Yeah. I'd like that. The symbol would probably be like an ohm because I deal with all this audio. Yeah. And then like Tell a the umlaut joke you told the bar uh, earlier. Oh, well, uh, ask me how much I like umlauts. How much do you like umlauts? Mm, lots. Nice. All right. There you go. That was <sighs> Bing. I like that that was on record now because it's officially mine. Okay. Question one. Since you've interviewed several mayors, as you brought up earlier, yes, sir. and, you know, we just had a recent election, I wanted you to maybe tell the listeners, as I ask you, who won the recent election to be Portland's next mayor? Uh, Charlie Hales. Charlie Hales. Streetcar Charlie. Yeah, man. He uh, got the nickname. Chairlift Charlie. Chairlift Charlie. Really? I don't know if that's true. I just we have that big old gondola the to, the gon the gondola to the hospital. The gondola to the chairlift to the future. You know, I've, I, there's another comedy bit. I wanted to show up. In like late November with like all ski, ski stuff. and I've had the same idea. Should we do that? I'm down. I have yeah. I've yet to you do it. You bring like 80 ski gear. I'll bring like new wave uh, snowboard gear. Awesome. And we'd be like, let's shred the gnar, and you'd be like, whatever, planker. I would love. I really. Have, I've been wanting to do that. I'm <laughs> I, sure. I'm sure the thing is that they get it literally like every day. Someone does it. And they go, would, yeah, dude. Just but ours will be in high def and on YouTube. Nice. I didn't so know we were going high def. That's cool. Yeah, That's I don't. Cool. I mean, I don't do low def no more. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've I've stepped away from that too. It's true. So, all right. Well, I like that question one correct. Right. That means you've moved on. Yes. To question number two, and you've mentioned that you've been all over Portland, touched all its parts. Yeah. You know, rubbed it when it needed it. Well, yeah, yeah. As soon as it, uh, it was a, it was all consensual. Exactly. Exactly. You know. Um. Could you name for me three neighboring towns or cities to the city of Portland? Could can they be in the metro area? Yeah, uh, totally. Three na I mean, I it's so easy. I don't know which ones. I don't know. I mean, it. Like okay. Uh. 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 Okay. I'm going. I'm going to name Gresham. Shout out to Gresham. <laughs> have to name Gresham. Uh, Troutdale. Shout out to Troutdale. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! And I would say. Uh, well, I'm just trying to be cute and name things that are basically just Gresham. Right. Uh, um, there's a few. 
There's Rockwood, but it, Rockwood's an, uh, is a CDP. Uh, I don't even know if that, it is even that. So, because I hear that people always say they're like Gresham's not that bad. It's Rockwood's really bad. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what that is. I just know I'm not going there. Um, and uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, which which um, th- I, uh, there's just so many to choose from. Yeah. I just want to give the right shout out. I don't want to like. <laughs> um, well, I mean, there's a couple. Let's funny give let's give it up to Happy Valley. Let's give it up Happy to Happy Valley. Valley. There you go. Well, I did the well Pickathon Music Festival, and I'm gonna give it up to Happy Valley. Happy Valley nearby to where uh, isn't that near the Raleigh Hills area? Happy Valley. Kinda mm, over no, there? no, it's like Clackamas. Is there? Oh, I got mad suburban knowledge. What's the ha- What's the valley over there? The Happy something over there. All right, so here's what's up. Uh, I tried to record the last part of that podcast, and unfortunately, the final question, as well as the plugs portion, did not come through. So, I need to get that part on here now. This is not editing. This is adding. Therefore, it counts. I don't even care. Anyway, here's the plugs portion. First of all, Mr. Ed Foreman show available. Mr. Aaron Ross will be there as host. Every Thursday through Saturday for free at Owl's Den. Owl's Den, again, is at 12th and Burnside. It's right there at the former Ringler's Annex, right near Crystal Ballroom, Everyday Music, all those things at the corner. You're looking for Owl's Den, 10.30 p.m. for free, Thursday through Saturday. Mr. Ed Foreman. Um, He also mentioned that uh, he moved recently to 18th and Burnside, so any lovely ladies that see Mr. Aaron Ross on the corner of 18th and Burnside or anywhere there in between, uh, hit him up. If you're lovely enough, he'll say hello. That's what he he shouted out. Finally, uh, the arbitrary question. Now, here's a part that I'm so sadly was missed because uh, I I write these questions ahead of time. Uh, My question was, what is your favorite Portland public access show? Because uh, Ed Foreman had a show on public access for a while. It was his show, filmed and posted later. But um, there was a, a key moment there, and it's something that I want to capture. And it's no way I can do it in the way that it was captured. And I'm, I'm reluctant to tell you that this entire debacle of losing the last five minutes of the show was due to a, a USB cable. It just wriggled loose. It wasn't even completely pulled out of the uh, mixer somehow. Wriggled loose. It didn't didn't pick up the last. So I I, I obviously am at fault. But uh, man, it was some good time. So here's what's up. Answer to Portland's greatest cable access show. He started with uh, the Working Kirk show, which involved uh, Mr. Working Kirk, who is a uh, trumpet player, and we all hope that a, a bronze statue can. Uh, be set forever at his place on Hawthorne Bridge um, where he played his trumpet to uh, many uh, passing cars and pedestrians and bikers alike and uh, he wore his uh, Mickey Mouse ears and uh, played his trumpet had a bright white suit on and and he played there for about 20-25 years um, off and on, I mean, between gigs that he did, and he was really an inspirational guy. And so, uh, Aaron used his first opportunity to mention him, and then he mentioned a show I did not recognize. It was something Joe, and it was not the correct answer, as you're probably well aware on uh, the show if you've listened before. Uh, the answer actually was the Sista Social Show. So there's the arbitrary question for anybody that's a uh, unedited Portland uh, diehard. I didn't want to leave that out. And uh, definitely rest in peace, Mr. Uh, Working Kirk, trumpeteer extraordinaire, and uh, 
keep your head up, and thanks again, Aaron Ross. Go check out the Ed Foreman Show. Big ups. Mama was queen of the Mongol, Papa was king of the Congo. Deep down in the jungle, I start banging my first bongo. Every monkey like to be in my place instead of me, cause I'm the king of bongo, baby. I'm the king of bongo bong. I went to the big town where there is a lot of sound. From the jungle to the city, looking for a bigger crown. So I play my bongi for the people of big city, but they don't go crazy when I bang in on my boogie. I'm the king of the to be